Hey, everybody. We are back with another commission podcast. Uh, this is a another one from Brian Strader, who, if you remember, is the commissioner of the Babylon 5 podcast. How could I forget? And he says he's here back to play TV show Dumpster Fire Roulette once again. <laughs> uh, I I think you 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 paid off handsomely on the Babylon 5 one. Yeah. If, I, if uh, I remember thinking, being very impressed with the depth of the story, uh, how well it kind of holds up, like maybe makeup and set design, not 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 included mm-hmm. in that, but like the themes and all that, and like really saying like, yeah, I can see why a person would be a super big fan of the show. And also that a lot of the science fiction that I enjoyed at the time and still do owes a huge debt of gratitude to, uh, you know, the work they did on Babylon 5. Um, this time he's, he's commissioning Ghost in the Shell Standalone Complex, the first season, which has to be 20 years old at this point. Uh, probably. Um, because I remember it being a pretty big deal in, in, in high school. Uh, I remember, like, I think I might have been in my early 20s when it first was released. 2002. 2002. So, yeah, yeah we're, we're 16 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but unfortunately, I felt like this show really did show its age. And not just, <laughs> like, its its execution, but even, I don't know. what a word, I, 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 I don't, I always hate doing commission podcasts where I'm not just universally enthusiastic about something. Sure. It sucks to tell somebody that they paid you money to review something that, that you didn't like you're not as much to, as they do. Yeah, because the thing that people, I think, really hope happens is it captures their imagination and like we really get into a good conversation. And maybe we can find that because I, I, I thought that some of the themes were interesting, but uniformly the execution kept getting in the way. Um, let me start by the things I liked. Um, I thought this animation was really good. Um, I thought the technical details, like the actual technology displayed, uh, showed a lot of imagination, and it was very detailed. Like I feel like Western animation is simple but more fluid, and yeah. Japan animation is much more technically complex but not nearly as fluid. And I felt like this was one of the more fluid ones I've seen and also very highly detailed. Yeah, one of the things that really impressed me about the animation was the movement of the spider tanks, mm-hmm. the the tamagotchis or whatever yeah. the hell they're called. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to uh, feed them. You got to feed them and scoop the poop every couple hours. You do, but they look real good when they're moving around. They do. Uh, they had like an otherworldly kind of spidery quality to them. Uh, mm-hmm. I also like some of the shots that they go for. You know, it's not traditional angles that you would see right. in just an animated thing. It gives you well. I'm not talking about the panty shots. Mm-hmm. The panty shots are there. They're numerous. Sure. Those are not the angles that I'm talking about. I'm talking about, like, uh, in episode 11, I think, when he's walking down the hall in the network room mm-hmm. or, or where all those kids are, you know, hooked up. They they do kind of this weird panning to show you that it's a big circular, like a big loop, and mm-hmm. they just really make it interesting. There's also, I think, when they're discussing uh... – the intercepts is that was that the name? interceptors, interceptors yeah. like when the major's talking about it like there's a fisheye quality like you're mm-hmm. seeing her through a some sort of intercept lens or some sort of cctv reminds me a lot of like some of the wire stuff where it was you know you, you're supposed to feel like you're watching through closed caption television because the other like thing i really enjoyed about this is the uh, like like in this universe omnipresent like surveillance seems to be what people take for granted. Yeah. 
you know, which I thought was interesting in context of the Interceptor plotline because they make it a big deal about like, oh, how these are essentially bugs that you got to get permission for. But mm-hmm. it seems like pretty much everybody can see everything at any time unless you're wearing like that thermal imaging suit or whatever that the major walks around and so she can become invisible. Yeah. Um, so I like that. Um, and I like the broad details of like the cyberpunk universe and um, the blending of like, you know, the, the, the what we would consider modern today with like the, the fantastic technology. Mm-hmm. Um, I like some of the philosophical themes they're they're digging at. Right. And I think that's where the, episodes. the meat of this podcast is going to come from. But yeah. I found it very hard to relate to a lot of the characters because I watched the one that's that's the, an English dub. Yeah. And with the possible exception of the major, um, I thought most of the voice work was really bad. <laughs> and especially when you're talking about the Tamagotchis or... Uh-huh. Like there is a you know, there is a, there there is a a plot between like the spider tank that's gone rogue because it was swilling organic, uh, ser- 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 servo natural fluid or whatever. oil, yeah, natural oil, and it, it befriended <laughs> a little girl who's you know having trouble dealing with the death of a pet, and like those two characters almost killed me, like yeah. the high pitched squeaky voices and <laughs> who programs these assassin spider tanks to have these childlike personalities that i don't know that seemed like a poor fit for the characters now i know that like you're supposed to like this is supposed to be like the comic relief Mm -hmm. but i don't know i felt i felt like universally anytime the spiders started talking i started really rolling my eyes i do appreciate that because I've, I've been watching some of, like, Full Metal Alchemist, the original series, was one of my kind of, like, landmark anime appreciation moments. I was in my mid-20s, and it was, like, the first kind of series I'd taken seriously, and I was really t- captured by the animation, the world-building, and some of the, like, ideas about spirituality and religion and the soul and yada, yada, yada that it was on offer. The thing that drove me crazy is they did that chibi shit all the time. Yeah. And, like, in the new remake of the series, I think it's even worse like not two three minutes goes by that the ed or alphonse isn't turning into an ice cream cone or yeah yeah. or their (laughs) eyes are going spiral Uh or someone's nose is bleeding or they're popping but i i the anime equivalent of boners and it's very distracting i understand it's a cultural difference yes um because i'm not saying it's better or worse it's just a lot for me to deal with and that was Entirely absent from from Ghost in the Shell, pretty much. Uh, yeah, they played it yeah. pretty much straight. Like none of the you know the 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 spider robots were cutesy, but like that's kind of the personality, and none of the other characters did the like extreme overreactions and you know whatever. So I, I like the more natural, I guess, storytelling. Yeah, but there's just like some of that stuff, like the mate, like and also there's just a, some a bunch of non sequiturs. Like in one of these episodes, the major visits a bartender that Mm -hmm. is just a big black (laughs) dude and they've gave him a voice as an affected like mike tyson lisp voice Uh which i guess is the juxtaposition is funny as in real life like hearing mike tyson uh, talk is hilarious but it fell out of place and also i didn't know why she was there who this person was so it it seems that we may have reached the end of the rope of the things we like okay (laughs) yeah yeah, uh-huh. 
Okay, can we talk about the things we don't like? I thought because... I, I, that's what I've been doing. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. When you 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 know veered that way with the Mike Tyson stuff, mm-hmm. I almost universally disliked everything I saw. I mm-hmm. think it this show gets in its own way so badly that the philosophical ideas they're wrestling with get lost in the mix. Right. Because I honestly had a very hard time and i don't know if it is simply my 36 year old brain not being able to keep up with this fucking plot or it being very poorly laid out uh-huh. and and having just a shitload of technical pseudo pseudo jargon mm-hmm. in there and not knowing who any of these characters are i had a super hard time following the plot yeah uh that the laughing man stuff i was constantly four steps behind what they were trying to do Mm -hmm. and i was always just like on the cusp of getting what they were trying to say but never felt like i actually understood anything yeah and that's the thing like and and i would have shut it off episode two Mm -hmm. if if i weren't paid to watch this honestly and i think that if either one of us had more of a Salinger, J.D. Salinger background, because, like, I guess the whole <laughs> Laughing the Man eye, yeah. is, it'd be like, uh, I don't know what it would be like, honestly. It'd well, be, it'd be like, like if to... Mad Men relied on you knowing, re- having read the books that they have read. Yeah. And I always felt like in Mad Men, the references were kind of ancillary to yeah, like if you looked what was happening. And you understood the reference, you'd be like, ah, I ah see that's what so much saying. deeper than I thought. Whereas in this, it almost feels like a prerequisite right. to understand Catcher in the Rye and to have read Catcher in the Rye recently enough to remember <clears throat> it. So after I, I read what um, Brian here is saying, I feel like that it's vital to understanding, but also kind of mm-hmm. ancillary because it's essentially the catchphrase and like the logo. Right. And it didn't need to be there, but it's so confusing when they drop it in. It's right. something you feel you should understand. Because, and if you don't, you don't feel like you've gotten the full plot. Because there's like the th- the theme there that they played with in like that four episode arc, uh, episode four, five, and six, um, where essentially the cyber hacker is trying to get you know revenge on this corrupt corporation that's doing things I don't really quite understand. That's mm-hmm. nefarious. Um, and the idea that uh, because you're you're primed to think that um, this hacker is using this virus to take over people's cyber implants and make them go crazy, but the but the act the fact that this guy threatened is like a self fulfilling prophecy. Like he threatened that on such and such a date something would happen, and other people that got into the public consciousness and it was like a shared delusion, like almost an Orson Welles War of the Worlds kind of thing. Right. Like this guy's saying aliens are attacking. Holy shit, aliens are attacking. So we're going to do a whole bunch of shit that's going to cause a whole bunch of problems. Um, I thought that was a very interesting concept, but it was really buried under all the cyber stuff and mm-hmm. uh, the hacking stuff and, you know, some of the techno jargon because I felt like, well, maybe maybe I need to understand what she means by a whatever virus she's talking about. Right. But then and, and when I also... actually got on the Ghost in the Shell Wikipedia and I started reading about it, I'm like, well, I could have treat this like an, inver- yeah. an inverted polarity phase that array on Star Trek. Right. And what, and, but you didn't but that know did, that. And that didn't, it also yeah. didn't help me out any either. Like at the right. end of the day, it's like, okay, this was... 60 minutes of story to tell and it, like it, it kept I felt like it kept on getting more and more complicated because there was uh-huh. like a person that was supposed to be posing as this guy and then he showed up and killed them and that was supposed to like I think 
bury the investigation, but leaving a body just opens it up further. Do that. Yeah. So the whole time I'm second guessing the show, thinking that like maybe this was going to come together at the end. Yeah, but it never did. And also like. There's a lot of like um, dense exposition at the yes. end of these episodes, where like the major, and not even just at the end. It's it's the setup. Up. It's it's everything, and they give it in this very fast, flat effect. Like yeah. there's no time to let the dialogue breathe. Um, no, it's just machine gun style, and like maybe every, the the some like I said, the major was okay, but I thought that the guy who played the rookie and Batow and the boss, I think it's Batow, the guy with the beady little eyes. Yeah, I I. They they don't deserve whatever paycheck they got for the voice work on this. <laughs> I just think the 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 I don't know if this plays better in Japanese and mm-hmm. that the, the ferocity uh, the the velocity mm-hmm. of exposition is better in mm-hmm. in the native language. But right. I honestly like I never caught my breath. Mm-hmm. I never caught my breath in this entire six episodes yeah or i guess in, actually in the laughing man arc right i was never able to catch my breath well, i remember like when i was watching full metal alchemist i i eventually af- uh started preferring the subtitled version yeah because i could keep up with reading the words and then you know the the original actor's performance was then telling me the emotion but like with the dubbed mm-hmm. versions, you just, you just have a. Per- I don't know how these these anime dubbers work. Like whether they get in a sound booth and they're given a telephone book to read, and someone puts a gun to their head and says, "If you don't get this done in thirty minutes, I'm gonna blow <laughs> your fucking brains out." Because what I found universal with these dubs is that the American tries to jam in every bit of the stilted translation of what the words, but a lot of the cultural context. Mm-hmm. Uh gets get gets left out and all of the emotion yeah so i'm left with um you know kind of you know very highly detailed but basic animation of people's faces to convey things and i i just it was it was it was hard for me yeah um and i don't even think that the problems with following the plot stop there i think there are so many the 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 plot becomes so complex so quickly as Mm -hmm. well over the course of, you know, four episodes that I think are part of the main Laughing Man arc, mm-hmm. as many factions and, and potential villains were introduced and killed, you know? Uh, and these are very short episodes. These are 20-minute episodes right. each. So the the rate at which you have to learn and then synthesize that into your already limited and tenuous understanding, or at least my experience, mm-hmm. uh, is too fast. Well, the other thing I felt like is that this was a very much a um, this is very much a film of a time. Yeah, like you know the the fact that you know this is purports to be twenty thirty, and we're like twelve years away. And what what's what's it's interesting to me is I feel like that a lot of people in the nineties were like making predictions on the future to where we would continue like some sort of physical mastery of the universe and our technological understanding would be increasing and but what what it seems like actually happened was the creation of the internet spurred like an information mastery hmm. like yeah. like information and people's behaviors and that's the stuff that like was you know like like why does facebook need to hack our brains if we will 
willingly give them all of our important relationships and moments and personal data and all that stuff and they can just like you don't need to hack our brains we just we'll just give it to them for free yeah if we can play farmville and <laughs> you know see, see how grandma's. our ex and girlfriend yeah. looks in a bikini now and <laughs> you know or see see how fat they've gotten or like like you know that's that's we will gladly give away these things that used to like movies used to really wrestle with like the integrity of your consciousness and your eternal thoughts and your privacy yeah like we just you know like nobody saw that coming like if they and you that's that like if 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 i'd seen this 16 years or 18 years ago or whatever and things like the matrix and black mirror and things like that that had more interesting and salient points about like the intersection of technology and humanity hadn't come along like this would be i think probably remain more visionary yeah unfortunately stopped making predictions yeah more accurate right but unfortunately i think the real world kind of diverged and a lot of this is problems in like blade runner too mm-hmm. um blade runner as well i should say but like as the real world kind of devolved over where they thought it was going to go and like the philosophical things that we wrestle with changed the technology changed like this is now again if i saw this as a teenager i think yeah. it would be mind-blowing because right what what other place are you going to get exposed to these ideas? Like if I go back mm-hmm. to, you know, 2000, 2002, you know, you had the matrix and, you know, Johnny mnemonic and things like that that were kind of outlandish and weird in their own ways. And yeah, that know, was right in my prime zone. The like, idea that like people would have religious objections to, uh, you know, cyber cyberization, right? Which, would have been even a better like a like a and this is where like brian's probably you will you fuckers when i commissioned this almost two years ago altered carbon didn't exist (laughs) but altered carbon exists and it's like Uh, it's like uh remaking this thing with a better eye to where the issues actually are and what the things actually scare us about like modern society yeah it's not the fault of this work like i can and then you know if i think about like maybe how much of this is just bad translation and a bad performance of the translation yeah i don't know um because like was it like really herky-jerky or if i knew more about the you know like it's not just like japanese culture like shit i was ignorant about the catcher in your eye stuff that's the one like important book that i managed to get out of <laughs> my accelerated reading program of mooresville high school without being exposed to because i'm just right. like I, I don't i don't understand what any of this what, what any of this stuff was and then when i read brian's email where he's laying it all out i'm like okay it kind of makes sense kind of doesn't um yeah i think like so i saw ghost in the shell the the original movie right way back about the time that i saw the matrix right right and brian's talking about how this was kind of that for him mm-hmm. like he had seen the matrix but these were like eye-opening mm-hmm. kind of ideas for him and i think the original ghost in the shell movie was also that for me alongside the matrix and mm-hmm. stuff and i think if i had seen this at the time that it aired mm-hmm. and i was you know 20 years old right and just coming off of like the movie and the matrix and still embroiled in that stuff this would play a lot better to me yeah but you know, having well, you know that big gap, like you said. Well, and then like I, I remember when the Ghost in the Shell, Scarlet, the, the, yeah, the movie, the, uh, the live action, yeah, Scarlet Joe in the Shell came out. <laughs> I watched the first, um, the first movie, the the anime movie. Oh, you did? Okay, yeah, yeah. And I remember like I can't remember which I did first, but I remember like thinking like, oh no, because this wasn't what I was 
think it's expecting at all. Like the visuals uh, lived up to the billing, but the actual ideas and stuff did feel very elementary compared to where we are now. Sure. Again, seeing four seasons or five seasons of Black Mirror uh-huh. and all the Matrix and like all the cyberpunk that's come out before and since, like the the, the conversations move further along, and I don't have any of the underlying affection for the source material. Because it's like when I was reading Brian, because he um, he has got four bullet uh, bullet points of the stuff that he found annoying about the series on rewatch, <laughs> uh, and just the stuff that we were talking about, like yeah. the major going around in long lingerie for no fucking reason. <laughs> Is very uh-huh. hard to take seriously in 2018. How about when she fucking steps out of that spider tank that she's in, right? And it's just a full-on crotch from just behind, right underneath, her, like, yeah. And she's just showing she's, it she's, all. She's bent over into like a head down, <laughs> yeah. ass up position, and this like weird. It's just straight up her cooch. Like, yeah, come on. And she's just like, and the, the thing is, is like, I, I'm like, I'm like, okay, so what is the horseshit explanation for this? Does the magic image blend technology only work if you're wearing this weird techno corset? Or <laughs> because uh, the reality is, she's the only one dressed like this. Yes, she is dressed like a sex bot from but, but a she, Austin Powers film, and no one acknowledges it. So she is ninety percent bot, like more than that. Yeah. Like I guess she's like entire. There is no original part of her left. She's an entire. That's right. the whole thing. The, the only thing left in her is her ghost, which is that's the other thing. Like well, the concept of the soul, the soul yeah. is like hard for me to take in a techno. It's whatever makes us quintessentially yeah, they human. Say, they could, yeah. I, if they translate it as a consciousness, like what it's it's a human right. consciousness. But how from a major's perspective, that's like one of the interesting things is like you know how does she know that she's real? How does she know that she's mm-hmm. not entirely fabricated and simulated and just used as like a, a smart robot that they give a backstory so they don't go crazy or whatever? Well, that's the thing. She's wearing the same as a lot of other bots that you can see in the background that I assume are, are just like her mostly. Is she? Because I didn't see like background lingerie bots. A couple of them, yeah. But are they secret agents as well? Or are they like sex so. bots? Because the <laughs> thing is like... probably sex bots, I yeah. feel like nobody really acknowledged it. The fact that like she is a person and everyone else is dressed like 20th century humans. Uh-huh. Like they're wearing suits and ties and trench coats and there's this girl in a a corset and sometimes a leather jacket. Yeah, and sometimes she's got a full military uniform on. So like, why? Does no, I mean she's oddly sexualized. Like, there, there's yeah. that scene where she has to go connect to the network or mm-hmm. or watch the news, right, to figure out what's going on. Yeah, and, and she does it <laughs> in a VR helmet, which a is inexplicable to me because she's a fucking robot, basically. Yeah. So she puts on a VR helmet, but she's laying in bed with another woman, and then who is dressed completely like a sex doll. Yeah, who's who's dressed like a Japanese. Uh, sex maid whatever uh and then and then she turns on the big tv which mm-hmm. i don't know why she didn't do that in the first place right, and, and there's another woman in there yeah. with, who's maybe also a sex i like are she's they weirdly sexual like we didn't know they, and it was all like very but this like is japan right in it looks 2002 like, yeah but on the other hand like it's like that's part of like the value of going back and looking and be like huh yeah oh sure is... i'm not saying i want japanese right. culture here in america and yeah, that yeah, everything's yeah, yeah. a-okay just saying that's part of their culture but like beyond that weird sex was that that scene was weird because like you pointed out she's wearing a vr helmet but uh-huh. inside the vr helmet world she's watching a video feed from a television like it's literally right. like you can see the chirons uh scrolling on the side like it's she's watching a broadcast and, and, of a television and part of the the point of having a fucking cyber brain in the first place uh-huh. is you're constantly connected to the right. network she could just take that little rca cable that she's got and just plug it into the thing that she wants so why well, does she have to all. go she's to... wireless like 
that's the thing. She's connected si- right. psychically, they can, they but, can... but technologically to her yeah, other yeah, yeah, cyber-brained yeah. friends. Right. That doesn't connect to a fucking TV network somewhere right. that you can get news on? Right. An RSS feed maybe you can grab some stories from? What the yeah. fuck? Yeah. It's almost like she, seemed... she jettisons the VR helmet and watches it on a huge-ass screen. Right. Why didn't she go to that in the first place? What's the helmet for? So the... I guess the, it was an excuse to get her to that girl's apartment. It's got the sweet VR rig. <laughs> I guess. So they can have like, some, cheese, like some cheesecake porn, but without it being cheesecake porn. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, like I get it why if I'm a 17-year-old boy, I would not have any problems with that. Yes. But as a as a 40-something dude, I'm like, huh, that is that. <laughs> I wonder how. Um, yeah, anyway. Uh, he also did. He thought the opening looked kind of aged with the CGI, which I... I didn't think it looked that bad. I mean, it doesn't look great. Right. But, but it's like my, I always set my expectations. Like, you know, yeah, well, this yeah. is almost 20 years ago. The CGI is going to be at a certain level. Mm-hmm. Um, he also said the plots are overly complex with random NPCs coming out of nowhere, Japanese government references yep. and army organization references. And finally, his uh, too much exposition, lots of tell rather than show. Too much. Which are exactly the things that we're talking about. I think the yeah. only difference is, like, again, Brian was a 17, 16, whatever-year-old boy when he watched this. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, unfortunately, watched this grown-ass men. Um, cause like, that's the thing. Like I've gone back and watched GI Joe Transformers, oh, God. he man, that shit does not age well. No. Like, uh, you know, you, uh, old boy might have a lot of, uh, uh, crimes to answer for cinema. Who's the guy that did the rock and trans- uh, Michael Bay yeah. might have a lot of sins to answer for, but fucking up Transformers isn't one of them. It was kind of fucked from the beginning. It's just, it's just silly. It's a show for children to, sh- to, to, it is. The, 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 to back. The, 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 they try to back into selling toys and pride. And like when you see it as that, it's like makes perfect sense. But and Ghost in the Shell is a show for adolescent males, right? Like that's right. just what it I'm is. I'm not saying that there's not women that would see like a, a strong, uh, literally strong, indestructible thing, like you know, like the major and not yeah. enjoy it, but like they have to, any woman that enjoys this has to look past the yeah. obvious and crass sexualization of the, the, ma- the major. Uh-huh. I mean, thank God. Like, I don't think that any of the, like, it's, it's kind of interesting that none of her squad treats her. Like there's, there's, there, there isn't anyone that's like wolf whistling or right, like right. doing that in the foreground, uh-huh. which I guess makes it a little bit easier to overlook, but you do. You do. They're just groping her on the train when they're heading home. Sure, something like that. <laughs> That's the Japanese way. Um, all right, do we, I want to talk about his actual thoughts about the episodes themselves. Okay. Um, and again, I'm, I'm super sorry, Brian. I really I really feel bad for not, not liking this as much as you do. Uh, the episode two standalone. That's the other thing is interesting. Is like this. It's called a standalone complex, and each episode is labeled either standalone, which is a single adventure. It's that's that's twenty minutes, and that's it. Mm-hmm. Versus the complex, which is the continuing evolution of the Laughing Man plot. This first one was uh, Testation, and it's essentially about a guy who grows up to be an AI researcher, and he's got some sort of physical condition that they could solve by putting him into a synthetic body but his parents were strongly religious and forbid him from doing that but he found the loophole so on his deathbed he somehow loaded himself into a tank and you know this tank goes rampaging out into the countryside and then the team stops it mm-hmm. because they think he's going to go to his parents and kill them and the very last reveal that's supposed to blow your mind is the fact that this kid just wanted to show his robot body to his parents and be like, it's still me and this is okay. Yeah. Uh, 
as the not so proud owner of a religious fanatic parent, uh, that's not going to go the way you want it to, dude. No, <laughs> you're not going to show up in a horrifying spider tank and be like, "Look, mom, I'm not a demon." <laughs> it's it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. That's fair. Um, but I don't know. No, like, it, it seems like a, a pretty a, a weird thing. I'm not even sure how they how they would view it from the the, the structure of its of the show itself. Like, yeah. so he dies, right? Mm. And he says, like, this is the loophole because I no longer have a ghost because it's, like, claimed by God. Whatever. Whatever. Mm-hmm. He no longer has a ghost because he's died. Right. Then what Which is going in? I don't even in, know what that means. Then what the fuck is going into that robot? And His why would your parents accept it as you right. if the thing that makes the major a human is her ghost? Right. Like, you've just lost the only tenuous grasp on humanity that you had. Right. But I think So now might- you're full robot. But we might have misunderstood that because wasn't there some comment from like one of the Tamagotchis that mentioned it was a ghost? Or no, I'm confusing that with the the virtual the, the movie box. Yeah, the yeah. box. Uh-huh. Um, so, but the thing he says on here is even though uh, I said I couldn't help but get your take on something uh, or this episode with its religious angle. Any thoughts on the percentage of population given the opportunity to cybernize would refuse to do so if given the opportunity. Uh, he says, you think the wage class gap is bad now? Can you imagine how far behind you'll be if you don't cyberize with everyone else? Um, that's mm. interesting because, like, I've thought about, like, that and the gap between the haves and have-nots. Like, if you can afford for your children to be augmented so they're three times smarter than the average person, have perfect recall, yeah. and the poor people can't, well, guess who's getting the best and most important jobs? Mm-hmm. Solely on merit, but it's a meritocracy you can buy. It's a pay-to-win right. model. Yeah. I never considered that, like, until, you know, we saw stuff like Altered Carbon and whatnot, that people would just object over philosophical religious grounds. Like, well, I just don't want that because it gives me the heebie-jeebies. Those people would still be left behind. But it's kind of like, yeah, it's it kind of like you know, if you have p- religious fundamentalist parents, it's a massive handicap because yeah. you're probably not going to go to college. You're going to start off your adult life with a bunch of horrifyingly backwards ideas. Like, add that, plus now you have a physical mm-hmm. gap between your peers and how yeah. that would stack up over a ge- generations, mm-hmm. you know? Like, these communities get poorer and more aggressive in background, and yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, it would require uh, some serious regulation right. to figure out that mess. Right. But, you know, the, like I don't feel like the episode raised that question. It's certainly there right. to, like, think about, but, like... I wish the show had done a better job of, like, I guess, framing it in those kind of ways. Or, like, I felt like the everyone in the universe, well, curiosity, was a, had not much opinions on the things going on. It's like they're very detached. Mm-hmm. Like, there was an urgency, like, God damn, society's falling apart because there's laughing guys going around and hijacking cyber brains and taking over TVs and starting assassinations. It's just, like, <laughs> idle curiosity, the way you would read, like, page 10 of the you know Kama Sutra local like like the local <laughs> section of the news like oh this is like oh the, yeah. the the mall got canceled because they weren't able to raise taxes like interesting it's weird yeah, right it is I mean uh, I guess the major's a robot but she's supposed to be human too so yeah there's supposed to be something in there yeah uh he talked I, to- I, I do take some serious issue with their categorization of terrorism 
in that episode. <laughs> yeah. uh, apparently, theft, when combined with joyriding, is terrorism. Right. Yeah, the major says, well, if you think about it from a certain <laughs> point of view, like, okay, Obi-Wan Kenobi. No, when I think about it from every point of view, it's not. I mean, it's not. When you think about it, Ferris Bueller's Day Off was just a <laughs> ISIS manifesto. <laughs> right. Of, well, look at of the property theft and joyriding combined. Absolutely. Yeah, like that. That's pretty fucked up. It's a weird, because, like, I'm like. That had to be a bad translation. I assume so. Like yeah. in the original, she's making some reference about the uh, Yakuza or something. And it came like, <laughs> you know, well, what the hell's a Yakuza? I don't know. Like, Joyrider. Joyrider. Yeah. yeah. Like, it's like, there's no fucking way the major could, because everyone around her would be like, are you fucking crazy? Yeah. With the shit we deal with on a daily basis, you're yeah. calling this guy a terrorist? Oh, yeah. Like, maybe if you are stealing someone's brain uh, or joyriding in their body that's terrorism but you know i to that individual but on a broader sense i mean terrorism has to have some effect on society at large and i don't feel like stealing a car and joyriding qualifies right right. there's had to be something lost in translation uh there's your scarlett johansson connection uh so episode four five and six he had us watch as a unit um which is interceptor decoy and meme says i find the idea of the standalone complex fascinating as if there's some kind of collective unconscious guiding people to perform the same acts on their own without communication do you guys think this is a real thing i think it could be um we've probably had some examples that i just can't well, think of like I'm thinking we might be building up to something because I don't think you can keep talking shit about journalists and inciting as much anger and rage in the media and not have that go bad places eventually. Yeah. So like you could get into a situation where everyone could plausibly say, well, we didn't say to go and shoot up this place or that place, but that is the proximate cause. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like if. Like, like, it'd be interesting to see, like, if, because, if, like, uh, the, the analogy the analogy here would be, like, if someone, like, a, like Anonymous said, like, yeah, like, Anonymous released a video said, we're going to assassinate Elon Musk on November 11th mm-hmm. uh, for his crimes against British aquatic spelunkers. They shouldn't call that guy a pedophile. And they, they didn't actually do it. It was just a joke. They never had any plan to but do it. But then yeah. on November 11th, some crank yeah. sh- wearing a Guy Fox mask, because he's seen, you know, uh, fucking the Guy Fox movie. He's seen the, the V for Vendetta, okay. and he's seen the video, and he's heard this, like, the, yeah. the press is endlessly talking about it, and, like, a guy shows up and blows Elon Musk away. Is, he, is Anonymous responsible? Like, that's, right. I kind of think we could see stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. And I think that there's even, like, the idea of could it happen without any direct communication? Mm-hmm. Like, I know that's not quite the issue they're raising, but I do think somebody says that. Like, there was no communication. Right. This just happened. Like That, that would be like uh, if five people simultaneously came to kill Elon right. Musk. But I think even that's possible. Like, if... if sure. Because people are affected by things in their lives, whether mm-hmm. they realize it or not. And to draw similar conclusions from events happening in society, I think that could definitely happen. Right. Some, something where you don't even need somebody to incite to say that something's going to happen for it to happen. Or like that Slenderman thing we were talking about on Sharp Objects where some girls took an internet legend and then independently decided to murder this other girl or try to murder this other girl. Uh-huh. Like like this idea, like the, the, the episode's called Meme. Well, yeah. in that case, a meme literally led to someone almost being murdered. Uh-huh. So, yeah, I mean, I guess that is interesting and prescient. 
uh, the and I could see something like that happen if enough people like, like so in this world people are obviously cyberization they've got mixed feelings about it they got maybe strong religious feelings about it you hear about this corporate corruption and people are so angry that you know multiple people show up to do the job yeah I don't know I don't know. Is it a real thing? I think it's arguable that it's already happened, and he was given some, uh, you know, like he actually mentioned anonymous 4chan as an example of that too. Mm, yeah. But yeah, um, and he also mentioned that the echo chambers created by social media can cause that too, because people just get more and more, and there's just no one that says, like, "Hey, now wait a minute, we're not really talking about shooting these people, right?" It just, it just right. builds and builds and builds and gets angrier and angrier and angrier. Um, all right. Uh, he then told us to watch episode 12, Standalone. Uh, this is the Takakoma spider robot runs away, um, which is, I think, the, in, the English title is Escape From. I'm not sure which is the English title and which is the Japanese title. Hmm. Um, but this is the one where the spider robot runs away, and which I thought I that, that, that whole plot I didn't think was very interesting. There's a little bit yeah. of like creep factor of this childlike intellect like not understanding the value of life but i've seen i've seen short circuit i've seen i've seen johnny five step on a grasshopper and ali sheedy lose her fucking shit about it so this japanese girl (laughs) being mad that the spider robot just tossed this dog over its shoulder fucking funny it was funny right it it wasn't the anime they went for broke on animation too that dog got snatched (laughs) and thrown more frames in in that two second (laughs) shot than the rest of the episode yeah Uh, i i've I don't find it the same way that Brian finds it in his description of the dog. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, what does he say about the dog? Because he the way says the, something the way like the, it's tragic. The Tachikoma or... tossed away the dog because it wasn't necessary is chilling. Ch- uh, chilling is not how I would The concept hilarious. is chilling. The fact that robots don't understand sure. yeah. empathy and emotion well, and pain. Right. What and... if this were a human baby? What if right. this were like... Uh, sure, I get all that, but... God damn it, it was funny. Also, wasn't it weird that the, as the AI is saying, like, nope, I don't understand death, and I don't get human emotion. Like, it's it's weeping oil. Like, are we supposed to understand that it... That was the malfunction, It's feeling I think, from things, the natural but oil. since it doesn't know what to, to call it, that... I, yeah. I suppose so, but, but it's also kind of mixed up because, like, there's this moment where she's walking down the street, the little girl, and the, the spider bot's behind her. Uh, she goes up to a food stand, mm-hmm. and she says, I'm going to get one of these for Lucky. Mm-hmm. And the 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 Tamagotchi looks up at the sign, which I assume says dog meat, mm-hmm. and then says, you probably don't want to do that, which is a profound understanding of, like, mm-hmm. emotion and, yeah. and and what a dog gives a shit about. Like, right. It's just a weird thing for this bot to do and then casually toss the dog on its fucking head. Right. But then again, <laughs> you're making a lot of assumptions about the signage and all that, right? What, what else could it be? I don't know. Because I honestly, I thought that was a, I thought that was some weird thing that I just didn't get. I think it was a, a essentially a cannibalism joke. They don't sell dog in the streets of Japan, do they? Mm, I don't know. I couldn't huh. tell you. All right, but but I like I don't know what other context to put on that. Right. Uh, he continues as film critics. I thought you would appreciate the film director's short story. It's the ultimate story of people distracting themselves from reality that they give up their own lives for that distraction. So if you found the cyber train of Damon Lindelof that constantly produced new or cyber brain of Damon Lindelof that constantly produced new episodes of leftovers and never got stale, how long do you think you would stay inside his brain? <laughs> I mean, this is like a mini matrix thing. If you could live a life that was yeah. constantly intriguing and mentally stimulating 
and fulfilling on some level would you ever leave? Mm-hmm. And I don't I don't have great answers for that because I've actually been thinking about like, you know, Huxley's Brave New World and if you could build a society in which people didn't want because they were chemically drugged and they they all their needs were supplied and they felt pleasure constantly. I mean, what is the point of humanity? Is the point if if the point of humanity is maximizing happiness, that's a very valid strategy. Sure. But if you start yeah. messing with axioms that's not maximizing happiness and what the fuck are you doing like what 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 is the secret sauce there what's 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 your definition of the goal that which humans should aspire to yeah i mean we were we were talking the other day about you know some of the goals of humanity and i think you brought up uh, a point that part of the goal has to require sacrifice because in order to make things better for everyone mm-hmm some people are going to have to sacrifice, right? So it mm-hmm. can't be simply that one vector of maximizing for happiness. Right. It can't be. Otherwise, you get stuck in the Middle Ages and you never progress because right. everyone's as happy as they think they can be. Right, right. So somewhere along the road, you have to say this other vector is also important. Progress. Technological right. progress. Because trying new things progress, lead to failure. Failure is not fun, you know. Right. Yeah. And, and somebody has to give up something for that. Right, right. So... I don't know. Unless you can promise an unbroken string of successes that are all... But then again, now you're starting to... I don't know. You're still not as happy as you could be, right? Because maybe there's some advance Well, and there's also the theory that, like, you do have to go through some amount of pain and sorrow to even appreciate. Because what is happiness? What is a default state of happiness if you never experience pain and loss? Right. Uh, Like, the contrast between the two is what gives you, you know, the hot fudge and the vanilla ice cream is what makes a sundae interesting. If it's just hot fudge or just vanilla ice cream, they're much less interesting. Sure. And your your boredom with eternal happiness could essentially turn into a hell, right? Sure. Yeah. There's plenty of digital ink spilt on that, too. Yeah. Um, Here's what I honestly thought was going to be in that box when when Tachikoma interfaced with it. Mm -hmm. I thought it was going to be porn. (laughs) <laughs> I honestly expect it because there's this weird scene a couple of episodes before that where uh, they're trying to investigate the laughing man and they go into an office and this guy's just watching fucking porn mm. on his screen while he's having this casual conversation. Yeah. I honestly expected it to just be naked ladies. Just be naked ladies yeah. or naked dudes. They don't really seem to do that on this show, but <laughs> sure. Uh then finally, episode 11, uh, Complex, The Forest of the Imagos, or Portraits. Um, so this is the last of the laugh- Laughing Men episodes that I saw. Um, and it, so this is a... The conceit of this episode is there's a home for children that have been cyberized, but then like get like a lo- almost a locked-in syndrome where mm-hmm. life on cyberspace is so much more interesting than anything they can get up to in the real world that they never want to leave. Yeah, it's a self-imposed right. kind of thing. Um, and then they have like, but but there's where like I start losing the plot because like the rookie got sent mm-hmm. there to investigate some you know stuff that he was there to investigate and he definitely sees like where the orderlies and the staff are mistreating the children but i didn't see that that was intrinsically tied to the overall theme so so there was as i understand it there was a theft of information Mm -hmm. from some ministry right that happened from this location Mm -hmm. Uh, and i think they're one in the same Mm -hmm. right they weren't supposed to be hooked up to the network and so you 
they don't know how the information got out. Mm-hmm. And then somewhere along the investigation, once he gets on the inside, you find out that there's this person named Chief that's very secretive that turns out, I think, to be this Owie guy right. who who has the catcher mitt. Yep. Um, and that that's where I lost it. That's where right. I lost the thread. I'm like, what does this Owie guy have to do with anything? Is he the laughing man? Is he I, like? I, a, I mean, if this I mean, is the they, capper, then I assume so. They also, it's a, well, but, I don't know that 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 just might. Um, yeah, I, 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 I don't know because what I didn't understand is like because they talked about maybe the the laughing man being a composite person, and then there was just that weird line between the kids where. Uh, he was le- abandoning them because he's their hero of sorts. Um, mm-hmm. This the cyber guy, this chief guy, and he's like, "Yeah, I got to leave because X, Y, and Z." And the child's like, "Oh, well, at least le- leave us something to remember you by." But he leaves that glove, I guess. I guess, but like, what's the? But if they he erased all their memories of him, otherwise, then what are you remembering? You've got a yeah. glove that just is a baseball glove, <laughs> right? You know. And, and then at the end, the the agent from right. Section 9 draws the Laughing Man symbol right. when he tries to recall... What he looks like. What what Owie looks like? Yeah, what Owie looks like. So, Which is weird because I thought the whole thing... I, I mean, I was told by Brian that the whole thing about the rookie is that he is uh, almost not... He has almost no cyberization at all. Huh, okay. And that's the other thing is like they assert that the Laughing Man uses everyone's pervasive cyberization to replace his face with like the Laughing Man yes. logo. But they also say that a sizable percentage of the population resists cyberization because of whatever reason, socioeconomic, yeah. religious. And you're telling me there's no one in the audience... And then that's the other thing is, like, there's a couple of things. I'm like, come on, pull the other one. Like, where they show the police sketch of the Laughing Man logo. And I'm like, I mean, it's a minor point, but I'm thinking, like, what police artist gets to the end and, like, well, what the hell? I've just drawn just <laughs> this drawn is a, the face. This or... is just a fucking hat with the logo on it. Like, <laughs> yeah. what? Like, at what point is he like, okay, buddy, whatever. <laughs> They're not doing a. Their eyes don't roll in the, in the back of their head. And they while said it was a police composite and, sketch, as if they interviewed like a hundred yeah. of people and they all told this and they just drew this logo. Well, it was like, two, I think. So in that episode, don't they say like there were two homeless people who are witnesses and don't have any cyberization? But then, right. I, I think this. I think this goes in with the mimetic factor of it all. Mm. They told the guy to draw. This laughing man symbol, maybe because they're sympathetic to okay. taking down the big corporations. Because that's the thing. So why draw it when like every TV feed had it? Like you could just right, right. You know, <laughs> take a picture of it. Exactly. But uh, I thought that that was weird. It, um, it was super confusing. I do think the like, last episode. So Brian says this uh, episode almost plays like a standalone episode, warning about the unintended consequences of cyberization. I also par- see parallels between this and how technology used by children is being more closely studied as well. I mean, I definitely think that is the age-old adult concern of these kids with their video games and their hacky sacks and their iPads and their tablets and all that stuff being dangerous. Yeah, and I tried to do like you know uh, when I was raising my son, I tried because like people were like you know you should really limit screen time and like before the three they probably shouldn't have any of this kind of stuff and you know I tried to do all that stuff right and now I've got a kid who plays video games at pretty much the same rate I did as a kid, which is as much as I will let him. Yep, like if if I let it up to him and I, I think he would play video games from morning until night. Now the thing is is 
I don't know that it's actually true because like I wish I had the balls to just do that as an experiment. Just like take like a three month block mm-hmm. and be like, go nuts. I'm not going to put any limits because I f- kind of feel like after a few days or weeks, they'd be like, well, this is boring. Except I know a lot of adult friends that essentially, if given the choice, will plug into video games and not do they'll lose their jobs. They'll flush their academic careers away. It's yeah. every bit as damaging and destructive. I've seen... World of Warcraft, in particular, destroy a life as sure as heroin has ever done. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I don't know. Maybe maybe there is something to enforce moderation uh, of kids who can't really tell right from wrong and meaningful from unmeaningful. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the one side of it. The other side that I couldn't help but notice is nobody bats an eye when they talk about this whole facility essentially being a child slave camp. Right. Uh, a, a labor camp. The, right. Look at what these kids are doing. They're developing new barriers, as they call them, mazes for barriers, that then the government comes along and uses on their crypto systems for yeah. cyber mines. Right. Like, Which they need because, like, the fact that people are hacking into people's <laughs> brains is fucking scary. Rag. Yeah, it happens all the time. Yeah, they say it's like, well, it's only Class A terrorists. Well, number one, I played enough <laughs> Japanese video games to know... Watch out for the Class S terrorists. Oh, yeah. Because they'll just take your Class A and shit on it. Uh, <laughs> for sure. But, like, even if it's just Class A, it's happening too often, man. All the time. That's a good reason not to, like, forget God and what he thinks about it. I don't want someone hacking my brain. Yeah, no, but I I, I couldn't really abide the child slave labor. Hmm. That, that was rough. Yeah. So, uh... I did think that the... The thing that happens when when the kid challenges the rookie to look into to like go into this guy's brain mm-hmm. and he says, Oh yeah, another consciousness went in and got lost in there and stuck. And then he looks at his neck holes or whatever, his ports, and mm-hmm. the eyes flip up. I thought yeah. that was creepy. Yeah, 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 yeah. That, that that honestly all the plugging and unplugging and all that stuff and that like the major can like she plugged in that tank and just killed it. Yeah. Like she just killed a human life and that was it. Like that's, I mean, yeah. that, that's like the same thing with altered carbon. The idea that you can have a person in a little silicon disc and snap it in half and you just kill the person. Yeah. It's like, like it's so much easier than like pulling the trigger or, you know, snapping the neck. Yeah. yeah. And there's, and it's, it's the, de- we talk about dehumanization, but you can't be more dehumanized than literally being on like an isolinear chip. Yeah. Like, is that like, you know, and there's like weird, like, that's the thing, like, that's the thing about Altered Carbon that I think works a hundred times better than, like, Ghost in a Shell because, like, they can do something just by going through, like, a museum of, like, war, like, this particular war, and there's, like, a, a there's, like, a, a acrylic cylinder that's just right. stacked with discs. And those aren't dead bodies. Mm-hmm. Those are entombed souls. Yeah. They're there for. <laughs> It's like it'd be like yeah, touring a Holocaust up. museum and there's still Jews burning in the ovens. Yeah, it was one of the most striking things in that show. Right. Honestly. Right. So, uh, yeah, and there's like all kinds of fucked up stuff. And I guess that's the thing I was looking for. But it's not fair to say an 18 year old anime is going to going to have those same things because the worlds move on. The yeah. like and the thing is, is like I also realized the irony of talking about something that was so influential to other works as being like passe. But that's what happens. Right. Yeah. I mean, naturally like you know who goes back and plays castle the original castle wolfenstein even though that either that or whatever like some some people come flying and yeah ultima but like whoever starts like who plays that original vga 256 color bullshit version when you can play mm-hmm. you know i don't know what's the hot first person shooter game right now 
it's not destiny yeah, Fortnite. no that's third person called yeah whatever like nobody goes and and and, and pays homage and respect to it. and that's so weird because like I mean, that's a reason like video games tend to be like a kind of a cultural wasteland because really serious connoisseurs go back and watch citizen kane mm, and yeah. gone with the wind and even birth of the nation as fucked up as it is to be like you know look at all these like look at all look at these it's interesting look at these foundational blocks but like in video games that doesn't really happen maybe it's because yeah. it's not mature enough that you don't have 16 70 year old dudes navel gazing about 1970 like pong like they're going to talk about pong right. like look at this what did pong say about our culture yeah right, was, right 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 it's starting to happen yeah. I, I think now that we have some 40 50 year old gamers who sure that's become their life grew up in that milieu yeah uh and you're right it's, it, that's the thing is like you can't compare something that's been going for 100 years to something that's really taken off in the last 25 30 but yeah so i don't know brian i hope i hope we gave you your money's worth of analysis <laughs> we did watch it and i we did we, we held up our end of the bargain we, we watched it and we, we talked about it we did we talked about the themes and what we thought about them and uh it would be interesting to see like a, a modern remake where they just essentially sweep away all the continuity mm. and take the concepts and put fucking pants on the major and because <laughs> guys you know like alter carbon it's it's problem is some of these things are so fantastic they're hard to show in real life sure you know it's kind of like that was so impressive about the matrix like they brought things like ghost in a shell onto the big screen mm-hmm. so seems like there's an opportunity for the animation to steal it back like you thought that was next level, well, we're going to go next, next, next level, and we're going to talk about yeah. things, and we're going to like take Black Mirror concepts and do anime execution and really blow your fucking minds, so that you know dudes twenty years later can shit on it after the ball has <laughs> moved even further. Yeah, uh, but no, I, I appreciate uh, you know the commission and your support of Bald Move. You're you're uh, one for two in the mm-hmm. uh whatever wait, wasteland roulette you're playing dumpster fire television <laughs> roulette you're playing uh what's what's the what would be a uh would be a third wager I'm trying to think of something that's kind of like i mean bad sci-fi and what, anime he's kind of hit the two big bases right but the there's got to be me. <laughs> there's got to be like like maybe saint elsewhere you know like if you want to go back like i'm okay, thinking some, or, or some give me like a highly regarded Oh, okay. Like, like I, I bet oh, NYPD no, Blue hasn't aged very well. Hmm. Stuff like that. Like, like if someone commissioned us to watch like the pilot episode and three, two other episodes of NYPD Blue. We'd be like, ah, yeah. Why so much Caruso ass? <laughs> I just want you to watch this part of the episode nine hundred right, times. Right. And you know how like we used to like uh, so much cop shows about just cops vigilante style beating the shit out yeah, of perps. Yeah. And like how dude, that I wouldn't... was a huge fan of Sh- the Shield. Right. That's basically all that show is. But even then, the sh- like in the Shield, like I think that was part of like at what point do you turn against right Vic Mackey? Yeah. yeah. And but where like you know like that's it's, the world keeps changing and yep. so does art and sometimes it's it's hard to go back and appreciate that stuff. But thank you for making the tent, Brian. We'll be back the next time with another commission podcast. Until then, I'm Aaron. And I'm Jim. Later.